Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Demartini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody, welcome. It's so great to have all of you tune us uh, in and turn us on again. And Benny, we have got another live one right here. We do. I love it. I love it. We got it. I love it. Yeah. Marianne Bohr is joining us here today. It's a hot one. I'm telling you, it's hot. We just had spirit fire on, right? So now we're getting ready to really fire it up. Why? (laughs) Here's why. When I started this 16 years ago, I had no clue. I was so curious about all these people I had heard about. Psychics spiritual leaders, thought leaders, chicken soup for the soul. Uh, Benny, remember when Jack actually came in the studio? Yeah, that When was the good show times. was crust-busting? That it. was good times. Loved it. And I just loved these people because it was so not me. My life was so not like that. And here I was not becoming a very high-paid consultant, business consultant, After graduating school with all these honors, I was depressed. I was depressed. I could not go back and corporate America because I had studied the consequences of broken promises. So one day, what did I do? Transpose a number like I always do. Dial a phone number. Transposed. Looking for a man. Got a woman. And within 10 minutes, I intuitively knew to pull out my credit card and spend an inordinate amount of money in 2003 for internet radio. Now, some people say that I am a visionary, that I'm a pioneer, that I have strong and great tuition, and that's why I did it. I think I was lost and somebody put out a hand and I said, I'll pay you for that, Jake. But today, as you learn about Marianne, And you learn about the people we're going to talk about and how she captured these folks so beautifully in the book, The Gift Within Us. The Gift Within Us. Let me just say that again, because if there was ever a time that we needed to saturate our energy field, our psyche with the gift within us, it is now. The gift within us, intuition, spirituality, and the power of our own inner voice. And I got to tell you what I love about Marianne. When I started Power Up Radio about eight months ago, people called me and said, Pat, really, you're going to use that power word? And I said, well, what do you want me to call it? Why don't you call it Empower Up? I said, you know, that's probably for somebody else, but it's not what I'm feeling. And I don't think that's what Marianne was feeling when she wrote this book. She is a PR professional. Thank goodness for our PR friends communication specialist, uh, intuition advocate. I love that. That's like IA. I like that. Uh, And she has been in front of, has spoken with, has interviewed, documented, summarized 
uh, sizzleized her conversations and bringing to you now is the book, The Gift Within Us. So today we are going to kick it up because this is an invitation, everyone. This is an invitation for you to join us to find the gift within. And I normally I'd be able to open up the phone lines, but, you know, we're going through a little bit of, you know, let's just call it everybody's trying to get online and do a whole lot of stuff. So we're going to figure out a way for you all. If you want to get me a message, you can go to facebook.com slash transformation talk radio and go ahead and you can type a question. But right now it's all about the gift. Marianne, it's great to have you. Hey, Pat, it's wonderful to hear your backstory because I can relate to you in a lot of ways with how I began. I began as a, and I am a PR professional consultant, Yeah. but um, I had some knowledge of, of psychic ability and other things, but if I tell you how I got started in all this, you'll understand. Yeah, Life, please. I became, well, I worked in New York City. I'm kind of glad I don't live there right now, uh, but for about 14 years in top PR firms. And Lo and behold, I had a client come to me in one of my firms. He was a restaurateur. He owned like all of the franchise restaurants in Manhattan, TGI Fridays, Dunkin' Donuts, whatever. For some unknown reason, he wanted to put up a digital clock on 34th Street in Midtown. This was in 1997 that counted down the days and minutes and seconds until the year 2000. Now, do you remember yeah. how frightened we all were of Y2K? Yeah. Well, I, I, he wanted me to get global PR for this clock, but I'm thinking from a marketing standpoint, and you're from the business world, why would you put up a giant clock with the logos of your restaurants around it? Is that going to make somebody want to go to a Friday's for lunch? But my mandate was clear. I had to get global and national press, at least for this clock. So I thought, and this was, a, I did a big press event a thousand days before the year 2000 in April of 1997 to promote this clock. What can I do to promote it? Well, I decided I would find some of the most gifted psychics and mediums in the country and have them do a press conference about the year 2000. And I did, did a lot of research. I found 24 highly gifted people. I wasn't going to be lazy, just go down the street and pick out storefront psychics. I wanted this to be real. And so I had the press event in April of 1997. I invited the 24 in, in, in psychics and intuitives and 75 journalists showed up at this press conference. I had the intuitive sitting speed dating style at different tables at one of these TGI Fridays. And each journalist had two to three minutes with each intuitive and he can go from one to the other or she, ask any questions, celebrity, world event, personal questions, whatever. The reason I mentioned the story is a couple of reasons. Well, yes, it did get tremendous national and global press. So that uh -huh. I achieved the goal. But more importantly, two things. A guy from the Wall Street Journal, the Wall Street Journal, CBS Evening News, Entertainment Tonight, you wouldn't believe the roster of media that attended this event. But the guy from the journal came up to me and his face was just completely pale and he was shaking. And I, he said, Marianne, I confess, I came here to make fun of these people, but they were so accurate that I'm in shock. Wow. And, and the second reason is I ended up becoming close friends with a number of these gifted people and have been for all these years. And what spawned this book was over the years as a communicator, as are you, it irritated me how these super gifted people were perceived by the media. I mean, granted, yes, are there fakes and charlatans out there? Of course. 
not that many, quite frankly, but they're uh -huh. out there. But there's also people who quite, uh, frankly, they were born that way. They were gifted as children. Many grappled with it. Some were bullied. Um, some were closeted till well into their um, adult age. And but these people were very misunderstood because everyone would lump the P word psychics into one ugly category of they've got to be fakes. So I started to write profile chapters about some of these gifted individuals. And uh, these aren't little tiny two paragraph chapters. They're seven to nine pages in length, telling mm -hmm. their stories in their own words about how as children they first experienced this, uh, how they were treated by others, how they developed their abilities and just their whole life story. And so um, I started to tell these stories. I did not want to write a psychic directory. I'm, I'm not into exploiting gifted people, but I wanted to tell the stories of very gifted people from around the country. And actually I have some from different parts of the world. So there are 33 profile chapters of 33 highly gifted psychic mediums and healers in my book. Um, as told to me in tapes, I would transcribe their interviews write up their chapter. I would, of course, get a reading first uh, before I would, you know, agree to talk with them. And because they were all given to me by word of mouth, 98% of them were fantastically gifted. But I, I talk about their lives in these chapters. And I also, by the way, because it's so hard for regular people to find gifted intuitives, their contact information is at the end of the book in case wow. somebody wants to have a reading with someone who's genuinely extremely gifted. I also have chapters, however, on scientists like Dean Radin and Dr. Gary Schwartz and others who are studying what they call PSI, P-S-I, intuitive ability. Um, and I have chapters about how people with these abilities have been treated throughout history. Uh, I have various other chapters, so it's not just these profile chapters. That's the heart of the book. But as you read in the book, I also have a couple chapters about my own experience and um, some various PR campaigns that I went through that were kind of divinely guided myself, one involving domestic violence that actually led me to the White House and, and uh, achieving legislation for battered women that hadn't existed before. So yeah. it, it's, it's about, the, the, ultimately, though, it's not just the stories of the gifted people. What I organically, Pat, as you write a book, you'll see, it will shift and change. It began because I was upset that my friends were misperceived. Right. By, Ultimately, spirit gave me the message is one reason I'm doing that is to put a face on gifted people that isn't just the flavor of the day, psychic, famous psychic, but just regular people who are gifted, but also so that we can understand that we all have access to, to this divine wisdom, this divine guidance, just by listening to our inner voice. The one caveat, though, which is impossible for most people to achieve you have to bring your ego down a couple of pegs, be humble, and just listen. That's yeah. hard for a lot of people. Yeah. I, I have to tell you that, you know, um, on my own journey through ups, downs, challenges, you name it, one of the things I learned, and I think I learned this for, I, I, I don't remember if I learned this first when I was homeless or when my mom committed suicide when I was younger, but what I learned was humility opens up a, a portal, almost yes. like a very thin veil. It opens up a very thin layer, you know, not even a microfilm of sorts, but it does something 
albeit maybe for a moment for some folks, right? Mm-hmm. But it does something. It opens something that goes, humility opens up something beyond the heart. Yes. It opens up something that transcends the heart, the mind, and it opens up sort of this energetic pathway to the soul. And I think that's what I got from the story and from what you wrote in the book. Uh, it, it We've gone through an era, Marianne, and I, I want to talk with you about this when we come back. I think we've gone through this era. And what I mean by it, I remember back in the day when you talked to somebody that, let's just say, had a gift or was intuitive, right? We call them psychics, but we looked at them as if they were very unique, very special. You know, I remember the first time I met Sylvia Brown and Mm -hmm. we looked at folks in, in just awe, extraordinary John Holland was another one that uh, I met and was blown away. And the stories of the people in this book do two things for me, and we'll do that for the reader. One, they are so heartfelt that you start to feel like you're right there. You're right there. And the second thing they do is they say uh, in in a very broad way, yeah, this is Joanna but it could be you. When we come back, we're going to take a journey into it could be you, it may be you, it is you. Stay stay tuned, everyone. We'll be right back. Marianne Bohr joining us here today. The book is The Gift Within Us. When we come back, more from Marianne. We'll tell you how to get a copy of the book and more about her. Stay tuned, everybody. We'll be right back. The Knowledge Book, currently studied in 39 countries and 15 languages around the world, accelerates our evolution, takes us out of depression, offers universal truth, protects us, and makes us stronger, both spiritually and physically. So if you are interested in The Knowledge Book, visit usa.thenowledgebook.net and tune in to The Knowledge Book Radio with Marge Potasik on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Are you ready to awaken to your divine and true potential? Tune in to a Spirited Exchange Radio with me, Carrie Kadambi, every second and fourth Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. We discuss the evolution of the modern mind and how the power of awakening, healing, and connecting allows us to step into living a life of love in action. For more information about me, visit TheDivineGuidanceGift.com. What would you do with the power of community? How do you create your own rituals? Tune in to Living Your Gifts with me, Susan Huff, Ancient Applications for Modern Times, the second Wednesday of each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Our lives begin with the stories we are told and the stories we tell ourselves. Storytelling is the key. To learn more about me, visit LivingYourGifts.com. That's LivingYourGifts.com. Tales from the Merworld with Amira Bass, exploring the mysteries of Atlantis and Lemuria, airing every second and fourth Thursdays at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Tales from the Merworld Radio is a blend of mythology, theology, and ancient history, and Amira's own soul channelings. Are you ready to explore and validate the possibility that we are much more than our Earth bodies? Amira Bass' Tales from the Merworld Radio 
hold safe space discussions for remembrances and memories of topics like multidimensional existences and simultaneous lives. Together, we will be raising our vibrations through stimulating conversations and the opening and releasing of the remembrance of our soul purposes for this incarnation. Join me, Amirabeth, for Tales of the Merworld Radio. Did you know that all of the shows on the Transformation Radio Network are available as podcasts to stream or download? Really? Check us out. Go to transformationradio.fm. We have business shows, spiritual shows, energy healing shows, and pretty much everything in between. Something for everyone guaranteed to inspire, educate, and transform. We are transforming the world one listener at a time. Hey, everybody, welcome back. Thank you for tuning us in and turning us on. If you want to find out more about The Dr. Pat Show, you can go over to thedrpatshow.com. Or if you want to find out about Transformation Talk Radio, you can go to transformationtalkradio.com. Miriam, what is the best way for people to find out more about you, but also to get a copy of the book? Well, there's two ways. I mean, just like buying any book these days, if you go on amazon.com and you type in The Gift Within Us, uh, my book will pop up. Um, my name, Marianne Bohr, B-O-H-R-E-R, will make assure you that that's the right book. It is a white book with just a simple gold bow on the cover. They also can go to my website, which is simply my name, MarianneBohr.com, and they'll see more information about that. Um, but those are the two best ways to find more about my book. Awesome. Um I want to ask you, I mean, there are a lot of stories in here. You highlight some of the most incredible people. Um, I want to know how writing this book changed you. I think I've always been in awe of the gift. And initially, again, remember, I made friends with some of some of extremely gifted people in the country. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't profess to be that gifted myself. Mm -hmm. But what it taught me was that basically we all have access to similar things that they're picking up. We may not be in this lifetime a gifted psychic, but every last one of us can tune into this divine wisdom, divine guidance. And by the word divine, I'm not talking about religion. Uh, this book transcends religion, you know. God bless you if you're religious, but this book speaks to people who are not religious at all. In fact, um, it's basically about just kind of listening to that inner voice, that that divine wisdom. In fact, I wanted to mention um, yeah. Pew, Re Pew Research, P-E-W Research, uh, found that the fastest growing group of individuals, maybe it's because of the clergy sex abuse issues and all of that, but mm. are people who identify as spiritual but not religious. Yeah, they are. You're, they're turning away from traditional church, but they are still yearning for that spiritual connection, and they are. They want. They want that. That's one of the reasons, also, that I wrote this book is to real let people realize it's right there at their fingertips. You know, as I mentioned earlier, I'm not great myself at meditating. I'm kind of a white knuckler, um, and if I had to kind of hold crystals in my hand and and meditate on my chakras and et cetera, which is all great stuff. I just never would have been able to write this book. Basically, it's about just understanding that we're, 
being given hunches and gut feelings all the time. And we understand those. And sometimes we listen to those. Well, we should pay a little more attention to those things because sometimes spirit is speaking to us and, and it can be almost in humorous ways. I mean, you're driving to your kid's school and someday <laughs> you're told, go this other way. And you're like, why? But you do it anyway. It's kind of when you're being given information that you didn't just expect and you scratch your head and said, oh, I, it just came to me that I should do this. That's what I'm talking about. And, and these gifted people, they're different in the fact that they have this gift in spades. And some as children were so inundated with messages from spirit or they'd see grandma in the corner or whatever. I, one Ugh. young man, he was five and he would go up to women in the grocery store and say, you should leave your husband. He shouldn't beat you like that. <laughs> and the woman would run over to his mother and say, what's how does your son know this about me? And the mother had to put the boy in a cart, you know, when she would shop because he would just spirit would tell him to go up and help that woman, you know. So they each struggled with it in their own way. But um, and they learned their own language to speak to spirit. But I want to emphasize that many of these folk were, quote unquote, born that way. And some were persecuted as children and even as adults for their gift. But the people in my book, they persevered. They, they developed their own language. Some are mediums, some are psychics, some are both. But they do tremendous good for other people and, and help them. And I even have people in this book that do work with spirits that are haunted houses, they call them. But basically, the spirit is just trapped. And, and they'll go in for free and just help release that being. Um, it's not scary as the media makes it out to be. You know, it's not bad. And I'm hoping that the media turns a corner on the way they perceive this. Yeah, I, I'm hoping they would, too. Oh. I mean, I think we were starting to get uh, I think we were starting to get a glimmer of that by some, some of the new television shows that came on. But I think, you know, I was really struck by Jack Almeida's story where, you know, he was saying he was saying, look, you know, I discovered I had these intuitive abilities when I, I think he said when he was about 10 or something. And he said, you know, things would just come into my mind. I would just know things, right? Yeah. Um, and, and I think he went on to say, like, his mom was very psychic. But you see, I think it's this idea of appreciating and recognizing when you know something, when you just know something. Like, I just knew that I had to I had to buy that first hour of airtime. Mm -hmm. Even though it was a wrong phone number dialed, I knew that I had to buy that first hour and I didn't even know what I was getting. I right. didn't even know. I just knew I had to move from uh, the the East Coast to the, the greater Seattle area. I mean, just like that. Uh, and, and it was hard to explain to people that were close to me. It's like, seriously, why? And it's hard to explain something when you don't really have a why, right? You just I, know it. I, I think that, for example, this book has been a labor of love that I've been working on for years. And I never started down this road to for fame, fortune, whatever. It was just like, I call it being drafted. And I started to write it as this labor of love, and it evolved into this book, which is basically, hopefully, helping other people realize that we have access to this amazing divine wisdom, and it's there for every single one of us. 
Um, but I did I choose to do it? Um, in a way, no. Mm. But doors would fling open for me, and I would just go down this path. And I, I think people need to know something else. They are rooting for us. And I say by they, I, I call it the powers that be, but it can be whatever you call it. It's, I believe it's a combination of maybe God, the universe, spirits, angels, our deceased loved ones. I'm not sure. I'm human. I can't know for, for real. But I also believe that on the flip side, that if you have a desire to know about something, and the old adage, ask and you shall receive, yeah. it's not like a faucet you can turn on and off, but, but it's kind of close. Because if you do ask about certain issues in your life, and you're quiet and you listen, you'll get some insights. And maybe it'll come through dreams, other things, but you you do have access to that. People aren't under, they think that we have to worship them, but it's a two-way street. They're rooting for us. They want us to succeed. They want us to hear what they're trying to say to us. And it isn't scary. It's as easy as a thought that comes into your mind. So it's kind of a two-way street with that. But yeah, and it, and there, I will tell you, there are dry times where you're maybe not getting all the inspiration that you want. Because our souls, this is school. Earth, life is school. We are meant to go through things to grow our souls. As you know, doing all these interviews for all these years. Yeah. And we'll come out of it better. Um, it's very challenging. And we get some great things that happen to us as well. But, but oftentimes we are given the answers that we're seeking. It may not be what we expect. Maybe it's better than we expect. But we do un- have to understand that we all have access to that inner voice. Yeah. And here's the thing. We're going to talk about this when we come back. What happens if you get an answer that maybe you didn't really want? Do you do best? (laughs) Do you kind of do best two out of three? Let's see what that might look like. We're going to take a short break. We come back. Marianne's going to share some of the stories in her book. We're going to give you a sneak peek at how folks describe their experience whether you're looking at somebody who lived in Brazil in a community of healers or somebody in Brooklyn, what is it about their stories that maybe there is a common thread, something that not only did they have, but you have it too. Stay tuned. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back with Marianne. Have you heard of drawing a longer line? A teacher drew a line on the board and asked her students how to make the line shorter without changing or erasing it. No one knew the answer, so she drew a longer line right next to the first one. You can be just like that teacher. If you lack self-confidence, you can draw a longer line. Think of someone you love, someone who inspires you, and ask yourself, what would they do? Remember, you don't have to change the fear or try and get rid of it. A bigger thought, a larger feeling has the power to release you from the limits that undermine your confidence. Then you're free to take inspired action, to be your best self. Hi, I'm Sarah Main, co-host of Conscious Confidence Radio. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Pat, on TransformationTalkRadio.com. To learn more about how to transform your life with Conscious Confidence, go to my website, ConsciousConfidence.com. 
What is a brilliant culture and how do we create them? Why are they important? Claudette Rowley has created a breakthrough five-step process to help you align your culture with your business strategy for exceptional results. Looking for a culture that drives organizational excellence? Listen to Cultural Brilliance Radio, the second and fourth Friday of each month at 10 a.m. Pacific and 1 p.m. Eastern on Transformation Talk Radio. To learn more or work with Claudette, visit culturalbrilliance.com. Are you concerned about the coronavirus? The Ecosystem Approach Show is doing four shows on the coronavirus with energy techniques that we do with you during the show to help activate your immune system. As intuitives, we see the energies that enable this virus and how it's spread. Join us every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific time for the Ecosystem Approach Show with Jason and Patricia on Transformation Talk Radio. A word of caution, if you prefer the status quo and you are not interested in improving every aspect of your life, this book will trigger the shift out of you. The Truth is Funny, Shift Happens is available now. Author Colette Steffen brings the powerful knowledge and life-changing energy and empowerment from the radio airwaves to the pages of her new book. To get your copy in paperback or ebook, visit thetruthisfunny.com today. Some people dream of freedom before they know it even once. What happens when we find ourselves in unimaginable freedom? Retired, children are grown, we've moved on from caregiving, and don't know what to do with all that time you never had before. Well, it's your life. It's up to you now. On the hit new show, Fresh Courage, it's your time to shine with host Sharon Rolfe on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. So great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. And yeah, you know what? These are some really interesting times. Uh, You know, people like me, we're trying to measure like our foyer area to see if I can actually fit a table tennis table in there with a robot. You know, that that's that's where, you know, you get to the place where you think and how much patience do I really have? You know, is there a way for me not to jump out of my chair? I actually pulled out my total gym. And it's uh, rearranged my furniture just so I got this sitting out here. It's sitting right behind me here. But in the scheme of things that we uh, are and we do, there are many things we can share with people, our family, our loved ones. And one of those things is exactly what we're doing today. You know, we're sharing a story with Marianne Bohr about, look, the gift, the gift within us. And you might be listening to this and be thinking to yourselves, you know, what does she mean by that? What does Pat mean by the gift, right? You know, where have we seen this? You know, what is it about some people that can literally captivate us or capture our attention? Um, And when I was reading the book, there are a couple of things Marianne's going to talk with us about today in a minute. We're going to talk about the six simple steps. She's going to run by, maybe give us some examples. But also, she's going to share one or two stories. And you'll see the thread that I was referencing before we went to break. There is a thread. It's not the same, and it's probably not the thread you're thinking about. But there is one. Um, Marianne, before we hop off to some storytelling, what, again, is the best way for people to get a copy of the book and find out about you? Once again, um, they can go as they do uh, when they want to buy a book on Amazon.com and type in the title of the book, The Gift Within Us. Also, 
it should come up right away, uh, but you can also type my name, Marianne Bohr, B-O-H-R-E-R. So you'll be able to find the book on Amazon and it will come to you, luckily, in a day or two. With the mail being, as it were, it, it still is working very well with Amazon. But they can also go to my yeah. website. Yeah. I know. Which is Yeah, very, Amazon is still bringing the lettuce to your house. It Thank goodness. But um, you can also go to my website, which is just maryannbohr.com. And there are links and other information in a blog on there if you need information. So those are the best ways. Um, so you wanted to know more about some of the simple steps? I, I, I think for I think before we go to the steps, I think what's fascinating is to really share a couple of these stories. Because I think that to talk about intuition is one thing, but to talk story um, uh, and give our listeners a sense of what this really looks like uh, in the flesh for some of these people. You know, how does, how does somebody like a Joanna Garfield McNally, how does somebody like, like she, you know, go from, yep, this is me. I'm an intuitive communicator. I live in upstate New York. How do we get to be her read about Edgar Casey? Uh, and I think it's important to share those stories because those step, steps that you identified literally could be overlaid to some of these stories. Well, basically, I would say the vast majority of people I interviewed came to this as children, little children. It was part of their lives. As I said before, they might see grandma sitting in the corner or they would see, um, you know, a friend that maybe was a nine-year-old that had recently committed suicide the night before standing in their bedroom and realized, oh, why is Junelle here? And then find out the next day that that little girl had taken her life. I mean, mm-hmm. every story is very dramatic, very different. Many kids just knew it, but they quickly learned that either they had to hide it or they might be beaten up or bullied. Some of them used it to their advantage. And if if, if a boy was off praying, playing pranks with his friends and the teacher wrote all their names down, he could just psychically take his name off that list for mm. later. Wow. Um, so some are funny. There are other people that came to it later in life, um, or no, there are some people that knew it all along but chose to ignore it, became a real estate agent, for example, uh, just wanted to dampen it down because society maybe would make fun of them or whatever, but eventually it would just overwhelm them, and then they would they would just succumb to that. There are a couple of people in my book that came to it as late as in their 40s. One is a fellow named Robert Hansen who was tough guy, born into a family of all policemen, all cops. And in his 40s, he discovered that he was a gifted medium and he's extremely gifted. Robert's amazing. And he had to tell his family as a grown man, I'm a, I'm a medium. Well, they just <laughs> laughed him out of the room. But he he's incredibly gifted and, and it, he was very reluctant to accept this, but it is what it is. Another woman named Suzanne Giesman was a military, decorated military veteran in her mid to late 40s. She had flown on Air Force One. Suzanne, I believe she even has a radio show. She's she's an amazing woman. But at the age of, I think, in her late 40s, she was married to a man who had a daughter, her stepdaughter, who was pregnant, was walking, I think, in Europe somewhere and was struck by lightning 
and she and her baby were killed immediately. Mm. Suzanne was flooded with spirit and with all of this ability, and she is a leading medium today. And she's written books, what have you, but she's not out there just promoting herself. So you may not have heard of her, but I was actually referred to her by some of the scientists who were studying psychic ability. She's a top drawer, amazing woman. But again, she came to it in her late 40s. So it's all over the map if you read these stories. I mean, um, it's, again, many as children, some learn to, I have one man who's gay. He grew up in the South and he was beaten up regularly as a Southern Mm -hmm. boy for being gay. But he said, Marianne, when I came out as psychic, it was 10 times worse, if not more. So their stories are so unique and so different. The, The woman you mentioned from Brazil, she grew up in a community of healers. And was actually promoting promoting in her family, you should do this. Well, she turned out to be more gifted than even some of the other people in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's a wonderful person. Again, these people are just super generous, wonderful people. And, and for people that don't know how to reach people, that's why I included contact info. Because it's very hard to find gifted people. Um, sadly. It but- is. It's, it's very, very hard to find them. That uh, those that uh, are one uh, are so open with who they are. I mean, it's really clear when you read the book and you read about um, the stories in here, right? Um, some of them are fascinating, but mm-hmm. you know, some of it also makes sense to me. And I can't remember who it is, but the one of them wa- worked in the film industry. And, you know, when I was reading, it was Paul. That's it. I was reading about Paul. Right. Amazing guy. Yeah. But here's what I know. I remember saying to somebody, maybe Linda, my best friend. And I I remember say after watching the Matrix like five times, I remember saying something like whoever was involved in this had to be psychic. They had to understand the elements of multiple dimensions. And the reason I said that was because there's so much of that film, right? Of course, later on aspects of it, so much of, you know, the series had to do with survival and so forth. But that first one, The Matrix, you know, the first of the of the series was all about psychic deja vu levels of intuition um when you see some of the characteristics of the film and you really look at almost just before in the second of i often wondered about the people that did that and i've read your book and paul somehow was part of that film let let me mention paul his name is adzic and again his contact info is in the book he's australian he lived in new york Mm -hmm. for years but his father passed on a couple years ago and he's back in australia now but he not only is he gorgeous he was a model but he also worked for in the film industry and he was on um as an assistant director on the matrix and superman returns and others mm-hmm. paul is incredibly gifted and again uh, i think he undercharges his fees are very incredibly reasonable but he gave me an incredible reading He's super humble for as amazing guy as he is. And I just want to impart a story of one of the stories of a quick reading that he gave me. Again, I tape the reading. I don't talk. 
one of my pieces of advice is just let them talk. Don't pepper it with a lot of questions at first. Mm -hmm. And Paul said to me something that's pretty personal, but he starts reading and he says, okay, um, I understand. I believe you have two siblings, a brother and a sister. And I'm one of three. Yes. A brother and a sister. And he says, but I'm saying, seeing a fourth child, a boy who died at a young age. And I got goosebumps because wow. nobody knows this. It's rarely talked about, but my mom had my sister and then a brother named Michael and then my brother, John, and then me, Michael, I never met him. He died at a year and a half of pneumonia. Wow. Which of course was extremely hard on my mom, which is one reason we never spoke of it. But Michael came through in the reading to Paul and he, he said that Paul, no one knew that I had an older brother that died as a baby, but Paul knew. And he said that Michael was always around me, watching over me with love. I mean, I have so many stories like this in the book that just came out of nowhere. But Paul's super gifted. Who who would know that? I, well, that, and that's really what, you know, the basis or one of the threads here. Um, I mean, you capture this, too, in the conversation about the new spirituality as well. But there really are... You know, if you looked at some of the aspects of what each of these people have, it really does lead us to a conversation about, you know, the six simple steps you outlined. And I think we should go over a couple of them because what I want to leave people with, you know, today is there are a few of these that when I'm really in the groove, when I've got, you know, my mindful mojo going on, I am really in the zone of some of these. When I'm not, I am just completely out of control. And, you know, I think I'm like everybody else. And so why don't you just give folks a sense of what you've discovered in these steps? Okay, just so that you know, as I mentioned before, I'm a bit of a white knuckler. And when I'm writing this book, they would sometimes wake me up. I say they, the powers that be, at like five in the morning, run in there, write this down. So I would just write it down in my you know, sleepy self and read it later, and it was sounded great. But I learned to kind of listen to what I was getting. Spirit, it's I don't use the word idea much anymore. I use the mm -hmm. word inspiration because not mm -hmm. everything that comes to me is my own super brilliant mind. Of course, maybe I'm partly brilliant, but I give credit where credit is due. Mm -hmm. um, but the first thing for anybody is quiet your mind. I mean, between the television and now all of the social media and all of the devices, you just need to kind of go into a space. You don't have to be a super meditator, but just quiet, quiet your mind. And before you get a reading with anyone, by the way, they'll spend five minutes quieting their minds and you should spend a few minutes quieting your mind. That way the information can come through easily. Another thing, as we mentioned earlier, be humble and take your ego down a few pegs. If you have ego in there about how brilliant you are, clouding everything, it's just not going to come through. Yeah. I mean, you'll just get everything colored with your own brilliance and how wonderful. Yep. You need to just let that go to rest for a few minutes. The other thing we all know, trust your gut. We've Every last one of us has had gut feelings. We notice them because they're so strange. It's like... I was thinking to go this way, but I'm being told to go that way, whatever it is with your life or whatever. So just listen to that. And another um, is ask for help. As I said before, we think that we have a one-way conversation with the powers that be with God. 
we're the ones speaking into the phone, hoping we get an answer. Please, well, do you want to know something? They have a receiver and they're talking to you. Mm. We just don't understand that. And that's right. the whole point of the book, which, by the way, before this interview, that particular image didn't come to me, but it just wow. came. Seriously. <laughs> I'm, I'm being dead serious. They want you to know they're holding the other end of the phone. And it's not just you talking to them, hoping upon hope they will help you. They are imparting wisdom to you about your life, your specific situation. It's not platitudes. You don't have to put money into I mean, I agree that we should support religion if, if that's your thing. However, it's coming to you. And that's the point of the book. As a communicator, we're missing the boat if we don't understand. We are super loved. They want to communicate with us. We just have to take the ego down a peg or two and listen. Mm. I mean, I think this is really, really creating sort of, you know, what I like to call an eggshell. And the reason I call it an eggshell is because, you know, for those people that haven't discovered this gift yet, you know, it has the uh, appearance of being something you have to bust through, but yet it's not like uh, a brick wall. You know, there's always this idea of translucency and the notion that, you know, the curiosity that leads beyond. But more importantly, in what you just shared and in the conversation, what I'm really struck by is when folks talk about this, or as I was reading in the book, they all across the board have gotten that insight of, I want to call it, there's a light bulb that goes on. Mm-hmm. It, some people called it knowing, some people called it insight, but it really is as if the thing has always been there, but the light bulb kind of shines the light on what it is so that, you know, I think to get an insight one time is one thing to get an insight one time and know that that insight, that that gift can come to you uh, every day. I think that's the story of the book, the thread, you know, for these people. I'm not saying that we don't have bad hair days, but generally speaking, this is a way of life for people. It should be a constant dialogue. They, you know, uh, Again, how we love our we love our husbands, we love our parents, we love everyone. I don't know if you have kids, Pat, but um, when you have a child, especially uh, people maybe can relate. There's like this extra special love. They can even be nasty to you and kind of snarky, but you still oh, have yeah. this uh-huh. enormous love. But that's how they feel towards us. Mm. And I never really understood that. I was raised Catholic. I love my Catholic faith. Yeah, um, but. It isn't just about, oh, please help me if you don't mind. I'm such a lowly individual. No, no. And the Catholic faith really isn't like that. But, and I quote an archbishop, by the way, in my book, which um, you should see. But basically, we all are not only worthy of that, they want to connect with us. And we should know that. And it's an everyday, regular thing that we can access. And that's why it's called the gift within us. The gift is that we have access to that amazing divine wisdom. It's just about knowing that we're worthy of it and being able to listen. Yeah, 
wow, so much that you've put in the book and, and so much that you're sharing with people. I wanted to talk with you for a minute about, you know, what your sense is of the importance now of people, especially given what we're going through, to tap into that gift, to go within. How do you see this in helping people really rise up? Well, as you know, or maybe not, I've been involved with this book for a long time. Yeah. And it was never my, I mean, I have my PR consulting business. This was never my motivation for the book. But the fact that it's coming out now, and immediately I thought, well, maybe I should postpone it, you know, because this is a tough time. There's no, oh no, this is the perfect time because people are turning inward, not only in their souls, but in their families and in every other way. They're being forced to look at things. And actually many of my friends are reporting that their kids and their families and their dogs and everybody's happy because they're all together. And so we're, and I've been told by people in this book years ago, they didn't know it was a virus. They didn't know what it was, but they said there's going to be a huge shift at the beginning of 2020 that's going to ultimately become really positive for the raising of our consciousness. Now, none of us knew what that would be. God forbid it should be another, you know, terrorist attack. Right, right. But it is what it is. And uh, people, but people saw this shift. Ultimately, as much as I don't discount the enormous suffering and tragedy that's going on, which there is, hopefully we will rise up and be stronger and be more connected, not only to our loved ones here, but to the the guidance that we're getting on the other side, on the other yeah. plane. And I think that that's basically the message is take advantage of this time, not only to snuggle with your loved ones in your homes, but also to go inward and realize, pick up that phone, understand that spirit, and, and I call them my colleagues on this side, my colleagues on that side. They shouldn't be so intimidating. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's universe. Okay, it's scary. Is it God? I can't. Listen, they, they love us. They want to communicate with us. That is the overarching message of this book. And, and all of us can do it. Even a white knuckler can, like me. We already have that communication with them in our gut feelings and, and through prayer or whatever, however you work. Step it up a couple pegs. Listen <laughs> to what they're saying, okay? Ask. Don't be afraid. You're not being selfish. They're there to help guide us. And quite frankly, if I can give you one more analogy. Sure. One morning I was awakened very early and they told me, write this down. Can you imagine a classroom of kindergartners without adult supervision in that classroom for the entire day? Wow. And they said there would be bullying and tears and craziness. And they said, that's what the world is like right now. We need the wisdom, we need the brilliance of their meaning on the other plane, be it God, the universe, our higher self, the greater good, whatever. We need to listen. It's time. <laughs> and yeah. and it's not scary. It's all positive. It's, it's happy. It's actually humorous in many respects. But left to our own devices, we're kind of not making it happen. Do you know what yeah. I mean? 
Yeah, well, I know what you mean, because one of the main things we started talking about at the beginning and one of the requirements, really, to have that state of knowing is to really decide you're going to, you, you know, you're literally going to put your sword down when it comes to the ego and you're going to move forward without a sense of uh, being deterred from your future and your direction. And, you know, I think that's what really part of this is about today. You know, it is about um, being able to come together and humbly being able to ask for what you need to show up when you're asked to show up, um, to keep your word. I mean, one of the greatest books I think ever brought to bear, uh, and by the way, most difficult to ever do, is The Four Agreements. I think in simplicity, in its very nature, it's impossible. And if we were to just follow those four agreements today, if we were just to do something like that, we would have to put our ego at the side. And what might happen? The gift may show up. And that's what we really need today. Marianne, thank you so much for today. Uh, one last question. What's your personal message? What would you like to leave us with today? I think that we need to understand like how we love our family and our kids. Mm -hmm. We are truly loved and we are worthy. And actually, in a way, we're collaborating with the beings on the other, well, the other side, the other plane. We're here on earth experiencing like a boot camp. Okay. We've elected to come here and do that. So we would learn. Don't forget that they're there. And especially now we need to join hands, spiritual hands, listen to them, realize that we're worthy of hearing what they have to say, taking it under advisement and following it. Ah, uh, right, right. You know, because you look at the planet with pollution, it's already been alleviated. I guess in Venice, you can see the fish swimming at the bottom of the canals. because yeah. So who knows, but left to our own devices, it was kind of getting crazy and we're fine. We're going to be good. But just if we can come out of the, this with anything, it's a knowledge that we are loved, that we have this ability to communicate with this wonderful divine wisdom just by listening to our own inner voice and being oh a little bit gosh. humble. I love it. Thank you. Marianne, thank you so much. Website for folks, would you? Mary Ann Bohr, M-A-R-Y-A-N-N-B-O-H-R-E-R.com. I love it. I'm Dr. Pat, everyone. Remember, you do have the gift within. Let's allow it to come forward, accelerate, and create a better world. We'll see you next time. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.